Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. Okay, so looking at some definitions first. Uh, helping, question mark, altruism, question mark, what are we talking about? So, um, the one essential question before us, when we help others, are we acting primarily with self-centered goals, those would be egoistic goals, or other-centered goals, that is, altruistic motives? Or, and can there be a combination of both? This is really the central question that has uh, it's been discussed by researchers um, and as always we want to stay away from the theological sections and, and stick to the research sections because that's what we do in social psychology class we leave the theological sections to the theologians but we want to try and address this central question um, so the naturalist approach suggests that uh, helping is primarily or exclusively, ultimately, self-centered in motives. Um, and this would be a reasonable thing to um, deduce from the literature and from the view, the naturalist view, that is the view of, um, of the world um, without necessarily including God in it. Uh, so the CFR view, the view that we come to, uh, we come from uh, to this topic. The CFR view suggests the potential for other-centered altruism, although we understand that uh, this would be imperfectly. Um, it is possible, it is uh, probable that people um, are trying to do this, but we understand um, the, the, the different variety of imperfections in these attempts. Um, so, um, the imperfection of the attempt, the attempt uh, doesn't change that we believe that the, uh, the CFR view suggests the potential for other-centered altruism. So looking at the key terms, pro-social behavior is behavior that benefits another. Uh, altruism is other-centered behavior. Let me pop back for a second just to, to remember Self-centered goals would be egoistic goals, and other-centered motives would be altruistic motives, right? So, we can't measure, ultimately, the underlying motives. We can only infer them. So, um, this is an interesting idea. Um, the question that was posed previously is, uh, do people help others for self-centered reasons or other-centered reasons is not something that we can actually measure in a meaningful way, at least as of yet. Um, we like to think um, that as we become better at this type of work, we will someday maybe be able to do more accurate measuring of this. But at the moment, we don't really have any way. We can only infer them, so we can set up situations and see what happens and try to infer from those situations uh, what the underlying motives are. Um, but this is very inexact science. And why is that? Well, there are a complexity of motives with different layers. 
There are internal rewards, that is, feeling better about yourself when you help. Uh, there are also external rewards, that is, getting praise for helping. Um, and then finally, there may be a difference between our conscious and unconscious motives for helping. And this is, um, this is very important as well. So you might believe, consciously, that um, you are uh, you're helping somebody with no other motives um, in the world. But we know that humans are not always aware of our unconscious motives. Uh, we'll talk later about um, the tendency to want to help people who are more attractive and not help people who are less attractive. It's very unlikely you are conscious, the people in this experiments and, and us ourselves are consciously thinking, gosh, on a, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10 in attractiveness, this person is an 8, and therefore I think I should help them. And this other person is only a five, and so I'm not going to help them. Right? This this is not what's happening. There's no um, there's no conscious um, deciding who is more attractive or less attractive and deciding to help them or not help them. That is happening. Uh, we know first off we know that it's happening, and second we we believe that it's happening unconsciously. So that's another level of complexity. Um, so just to review this. This central question that we're trying to answer of how much helping behavior is egocentric is going to be difficult because there are internal rewards that people can get. Feeling better about yourself is a reward. There are a lot of things that people do just to feel better. Um, people pay money just to feel better. People um, go places just to feel better. Feeling better is rewarding. Right? You know, why do people, um, you know, there are some people who love to run, and from this, this running they do, it's work, but they do it because they feel better after. Or, you know, people do yoga, or people, you know, whatever. People like to sing. Um, and you can sing for worship, or you can just sing, and singing is something, there's no real reason that humans sing necessarily. Uh, excuse me. But singing is something that, that people do and that they enjoy, um, and uh, that sort of internal reward you get is still a reward. So this complicates uh, the key question, and that's why it is the key question. If it wasn't complicated, uh, we would not have to spend time thinking about it. So moving on to slide nine. Uh, whom do we tend to help? Uh, Right. What are those people like that we tend to help? One, those who we think deserve our help. If you'll think back to, um, gosh, the second or third week, we talked about the just world hypothesis. That's this um, this uh, belief that the world is just and, and things in a just world make sense. So um, you see somebody who's living in poverty and think, gosh, that person is living in poverty, but they probably deserve it for some reason because they're you know, not hardworking, or not smart, or have done something wrong, whatever. So um, this is this sort of like cognitive bias we have, this just world hypothesis, and it applies to helping just as much. Um, so if you think somebody doesn't deserve your help, you are less likely to help them. Uh, number two, those who are similar to us. 
So here, similarity includes a wide range of things, from uh, the silly, like uh, wearing the same clothes, to uh, group memberships of different types, education level, race, age, um, ethnicity, social groups, any way, any way you want to break down social groups, uh, we like to help folks who are more similar to us. And then uh, number three, those whom we like. And this is related to similarity. Um, another point on similarity, so we often consider similar people more trustworthy, so we think that they deserve more help, and similarity increases empathy. So this is one where there's kind of a lot of things happening. So we know that we humans like to help people who are similar to them, but we also know that people have more empathy for people who are similar to them. But what we don't know is, does the similarity increase empathy, and then that increases helping? Um, or does the um, similarity increase both empathy and helping? Or um, does it, you know, do, does similarity increase helping and that increases empathy? Because things can also go in that direction. We don't really know. Uh, we don't really know. But all of these things are interconnected. So, as I mentioned, number four, those who we find attractive. <clears throat> the physical attractiveness stereotype that we've discussed before, what is beautiful is good, so we may perceive attractive people as good and like them better and perceive them as more deserving of help. Again, we know that this bias is happening. People are helping attractive people more. We don't know why necessarily. Um, do they just want to help them more or do they think that they are better in some way or more deserving or something else? We don't really know. And ultimately, uh, number five, kin and other close folks. We tend to help family members more than we help strangers. We help to, we tend to help friends more than we help acquaintances. But uh, as always, it depends on the type of help needed. Uh, shouldn't be surprising uh, to anyone that we help uh, kin and close folks um, more so than uh, less close folks. So, whom do we help? Uh, getting back to our previous discussion um, from the Christian perspective, the scriptures present similarity in faith as an important factor in helping. Right? Um, there's a lot of talk about um, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, as well there should be. So that's, um, so that's one way in which uh, scriptures are, are similar to what we find in the, in the science. But uh, some, an interesting point, scriptures also encourage helping dissimilar others, right? And this is where um, scriptures are kind of taking, uh, the scriptures are going farther than uh, a regular behavior would expect them to go, right? The story of the Good Samaritan um, is a story about a Samaritan, you know, um, someone from an outside group. And, this, uh, and the Samaritan is the hero of the story, when um, at the time this would have been strange, right? Because um, the Samaritan was in a group of outsiders who would not have been well respected. But in this story that Christ told, they're the heroes, right? That's about as much uh, theology as you'll get from me. <clears throat> but the, the concept of helping dissimilar others, um, you know, we expect... Uh, the moral teachings of Jesus are, are difficult. They go farther than uh, just regular um, moral teachings you would hear any old place, right? You, you remember Jesus said, you have heard it said, love your 
friends or love those who love you, but I'm telling you, love your enemies. Right, so, so the love goes even farther. It goes to dissimilar people. It goes to people you're not supposed to love. It's supposed to, in quotes. Um, so this is another, um, another example, and we'll just pop back for a minute. So, um, so the regular helping is the things that everybody are doing, or helping um, people who deserve it, or people who are similar to us, or people we like, or people who are attractive, or people who are close. But then this, this CFR, this biblical helping, goes much farther than that. Um, you could even, you could go through and say, you know, we should help people who, are, who don't deserve our help. We should help people who are not similar to us. We should help people who we don't like. We should help people who we don't find attractive. We should help people who are not our kin, or not close to us, right? So, um, this is, uh, right, taking this, um, this biblical example, like the Good Samaritan story, and applying it to this um, is a call to do more than is commonly done by most of the folks.